Greetings, Grapple fans, and welcome to the latest edition of Let Me Tell You Something, where myself, Lorcan Mullen, and my co-host, Simon Cross, continue to work our way through every match that we can find that Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer has rated five stars or higher. As we continue on to the year that we were recording this whole bloody show in the first place, we've got another match for you to enjoy today, and it's the start of a little bit of an Ospreyathon as the next three matches involving the man who was once the Sword of Essex along with his other partner and he's decided to bring one of those swords with him to the ring. Simon, what are we discussing tonight? We are discussing Will Ospreay taking on Shingo to get Takagi. Yeah. Shingo Takagi, for those keeping score at home. That's one mispronunciation on my part. Uh, including the mispronunciation, that's two. Oh, I'm meta. That's why I did it. Layers on layers. Like an onion or an ogre, to mm. quote Shrek. To give you an idea of where we were with the show, at the time that this match had happened, we were between discussing our debrief after watching 40 matches, the previous one being Masawa Kabashi and Giant Baba against Kawada, Toei and Fushi. And then a couple Giant of days, Mr. Rogers! And then a couple of days after that, we were talking about the WrestleMania 10 ladder match, a match with lots of high-flying feats of dazzling agility that it's fair to say has its fingerprints at least distantly all over this match. I don't know if you can have distant fingerprints, but, you know, faint fingerprints over this match faint. itself. Like, like, this match has just been lightly caressed by mm. it. Yeah. I imagine, um, well, Sonny knows about being lightly caressed with uh, some of those fingertips. <laughs> have you ever seen that video uh, of her I at, have not. Uh, One Night Only, the first ever UK uh, pay-per-view in Birmingham at the NEC? Um, she's interviewing Shawn Michaels backstage and there's a moment while she's talking to him that her voice suddenly goes very high-pitched. Uh, oh, with... Jesus. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, the... Oh. 97 Shawn Michaels, man. It's worth... He could do what he wanted. Yeah. Well, well he did. let's talk about someone that was doing whatever he wanted in the ring without necessarily being sleazy inside of the ring. I don't know. You're going to have to ask B Priestley. But uh, we're talking about 2019, Will Ospreay. At the time of recording, everyone's discussing their wrestlers of the year, and it's Will Ospreay that seems to be very high on the candidates' list. And this run that he was having that we've already seen one of with his match with Bandido a couple of episodes ago uh, is part of a a five-star match run over the course of less than two months. From the 23rd of May through to the 20th of July. He's a busy, busy boy. Will Ospreay was involved in five five star matches, as well as three five star matches taking place that didn't involve Will Ospreay. This was a busy time for the five stars. Um, Simon, this one, like uh, the last 
three, I want to say, best of the Super Juniors finals, has gained five-star status with Dave Meltzer. Uh, previous ones being Osprey against Kushida. Uh, then there was Osprey against... Um, no, Osprey Kushida. Uh, then it was... No, this is the third one, sorry. Osprey Kushida. Then we had Takahashi against Ishimori last year. And yep. now this one, Osprey against Shingo Takagi. So, Shingo Takagi was a fairly recent uh, signing for New Japan. I think he came in around October of the previous year, having been a stalwart at Dragon Gate Wrestling for well over a decade, to the point that he was essentially the ace of the promotion in his last few years Yeah, there. He comes into New Japan somewhere between a junior heavyweight and a heavyweight. Uh, initially starting off with Bushi, they win the IWGP Junior Tag Team titles uh, fairly quickly. I think they win them at Wrestle Kingdom and drop them without Takagi taking the fall. At the time of this match had happened, Takagi had not once been pinned or made to submit in his entire run in New Japan at that point, meaning that he was going into this final with a record of 9-0 and in the group stages compared to Osprey's own record of 7-2. and yeah, definitely got a like, monster vibe to him. Um, uh, when um, when John Moxley faced off against him in the G1 Climax, one of the things he said is, the hell that guy's a junior heavyweight. <laughs> it's, he's just ripped as hell, by the way. Like, you, you're obviously he's true. Not, com- he's not like a, he's not like Dragon Lee with a six pack. Well, no, no. And we'll get on to him, obviously, in the next episode. But that matters. Yes, because the winner of this gorgeous. will face off the... Uh, Face the junior heavyweight champion as the tradition at the Dominion show a week later in Osaka. So not a lot of recovery time. No, no. But Lee and, himself uh, had been in the group stages, and I think um, I think he was. I think Takagi was the only one that beat him, possibly in the uh, in their block. I might be wrong there. What? But the story of this match, even though it is between two junior heavyweights, is one of one person having the strength advantage and one person having the quickness advantage and the agility. And it's um, a great way of doing it as well, because even though one does have the strength advantage and one does have the speed advantage, it's not like they're slouches in the thing they're disadvantaged in either, which is like a really good blend. Um it's just a great way. It's just a great way of telling that story. Obviously, Osprey is bulking up with the aim of trying to get to uh, the heavyweight land, and you don't like you know become a stalwart in Dragon Gate uh, by being a, a, a sloth, a slow man. You, it's just not Dragon Gate style. So I think I've said it on this show already, but Shingo Takagi was involved in the best match I've ever seen live. Uh, this was back in 2007 when I made a journey to Liverpool on a whim one night, uh, one morning, to go and see Ring of Honor in the Liverpool Olympia Theatre. And I saw him and his Dragon Gate partner, Naruki Doi, defeat the Briscoe brothers in a bit of a shocker to win the Ring of Honor tag team titles. And it was just incredible, intricate, high spot stuff that like they didn't put a step wrong. Which you see in this match essentially as well, but over an even longer period and without it being two tag team partners to two other people to help carry the to weight. To alleviate the load, yeah. Because yeah. um, there is a load of wrestling in this match. There is. I I like the fact that Shingo is... even like they, 
I don't want to like just like harp on about the fact that they're just picking up on this monster vibe, but he's he, he is this Im- irresistible force, and it's like who can stop him? They See, they make thought... allusions to that in the commentary uh, with like how everyone fired their best shot at Shingo, but the best shot wasn't good enough, mm. and he just seems to be able to like walk through and just be just carry on like unre yeah. un like not unrepentant un phased yeah. is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, but like I said, they do some good stuff right at the start with um, Osprey doing a bit of a Chaos-esque uh, slapping of the chest like his Okada partner when he gets Takagi into the ropes. Uh, and like I said, the, 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 they establish in the opening exchanges that Takagi has the strength, Osprey has the agility. Takagi knocks uh, Osprey down to the mat with a shoulder block off of a run running exchange. But then Osprey replies with a quick nip up, and then we get just one of the most insanely fast indie standoff sequences oh. that um, just goes to an incredible degree of speed and, and like reversals and jumps and uh, handstands, what have you? Yeah, strike blocks and and all sorts of stuff. And I liked also that it didn't end off with them being in the same pose. It was like it wasn't that Takagi was backing off, but it was that Takagi wasn't, you know. He was just a little bit unsure as to what to do next. It's yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. He, oh, he's uh, he's equal to me. Oh, I wasn't quite expecting this. Mm. I also like this. Is something that Osprey does a couple of times in the match is that he misdirects where they're running east to west. Suddenly, Osprey runs to the north. Or, or vice versa, you know? Um, and I like that Osprey... Um, <clears throat> then then Takagi pushes him into the corner, and quite like uh, his Los Ingobernables team, he fakes out being that he's going to do a clean break and instead just hits Osprey with a chop. Oh, big chop as well. Oh, man can strike like a machine. He's... Uh, I mean... In New Japan, with strikes, you, you do obviously go to your natural comparisons of like Shibata or Ishii, but he's he, he throwing bombs. He's, he's not. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of Ishii in Takagi. It's yeah. to the point that he even does like to, uh, Ishii's sliding lariat move. And just to give you a heads up, Simon, we do have an Ishii Takagi match to look forward to in this oh. series still to come. You can control yourself for the time being, mop up that drool. And it's not just all I've got problems with it. <laughs> uh, but bodily fluids aside, well, as we come, as we've just recently reached the end of No Nut November, uh, one can only imagine. <laughs> My body is ready. <laughs> oh God! Uh, so Osprey, with his quickness, is able to knock Takagi uh, to the outside, and then fakes out. He's uh, he's going to do a dive. Takagi runs away, but Osprey also handsprings back into the ring and does a Superman pose. So Takagi doesn't care for the showboating, so just throws water at him. Not a fan. Who Ooh. throws water? <laughs> Who throws a cupcake? Honestly. <laughs> but then Osprey is able to knock t- uh, Takagi back outside the ring very quickly, and this time instead of going for a run up to a dive, he, he immediately follows through with a pescado. Well, it's got to keep that momentum on him like early like you know because he is a machine you've got to like just keep at him keep hammering away you've not got like time to go for what you went for before you've not got time to like do the run for the dive just just stay on him 
But yeah, but this is where Takagi starts to bring the power into the game because Osprey tries to whip him into the barricade, but Takagi's just having none of it and whips him instead. Osprey jumps over into the crowd and they have another exchange. But this is where Takagi's finally able to hit a power move with a with a sort of like a go to sleep where where Osprey's head hits the apron. Yeah. Um, follows it up with a DDT to the outside. And so then we yeah. get a brief, we get our first run of like someone being in control. I think they call it like a Death Valley drivery thing that he does, sort of. Yeah. Uh, to the apron. Um, but yeah, the that, Death and you're right. Driver is something that he returns to quite a lot in this match. But he is a, oh, he's just a massive beast. Um, and then he obviously gets it to the stage where Will's down outside and he's. In, in the ring and goes for the diving senton and that's where he puts in his little chink in his armour he, he gives Osprey a route to maybe slay the monster mm. because the way he lands with that he pretty much just slams his knee straight into that metal barrier yeah that, I guess that wasn't intentional uh, but yeah. I also like that that was Takagi showing that he can go to the you know he can go to the air just like Osprey can mm. Anything you can do, I can do better. I don't and... know if it's necessarily you can do it better, but he can do it. Yeah. You know? And he can also, like, you know, floor you with one punch. He's got that going for him. Again, very Ishii, like, just like, what are you going to do? Mm. Nothing. You'll do nothing. Mm. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, when when a, um, Osprey tries to fight back with some forearms, Ta- Takagi just downs him with one immediately after that. Again, not unlike the Stone Pitbull. Oh, I can't wait for that. Oh, sorry, I, I, I can't. I can't live in the future. I've got to live in the present. He does some really good cutoffs in this match, uh, whilst he's dominating this portion uh, with power strikes and uh, with power and strikes. When Osprey fights back at one point, he top he stops him with a pop up DVD. Again, one Oof. of his more preferred moves. There's quite a few pop ups in some matches recently. I don't know what it is with that. Not not pop ups as in. Coming off of a back suplex or whatever, but that the the Kevin Owens pick you up by your hips, set yeah. you in the air to leave you open for a, a big move. Well, it's just like it's it's speedier, it's mm. quicker, you know. It's there's a, there's a suddenness to it. But Osprey's able to get back into it with his quickness and his agility, where he nips up from a chop by Takagi and then does that misdirection again. You think he's going to go left to right, and he goes the other direction. Uh, hitting him with a spin kick. Um, and so he's trying to get back in with high-flying moves, including a corner-to-corner drop kick, kind of reminiscent of, you know, um, Shibata and, and others. Yeah. Uh, follows that up with a standing shooting star press, and then that takes him to the outside, where Osprey hits his space-flying tiger drop, or Sasuke <laughs> special, as others call it. Though I don't know if you want to give credit to your most disliked wrestler in the world. <laughs> well... It's just easier to say, I guess. Mm. And alliteration, which is always nice. Uh, the Pip-Pip Cheerio. <laughs> I mean, it's fun, I guess, but do we have to have such a British stereotype? Well, it's because ev- he's, he's playing it up, you know, obviously we've yeah. gotten, like the cheeky Nando's kick and everything. But that is something that he's saying whilst he's flying through midair to do the move. He is saying, Pip-Pip Cheerio! Because it was a thing that CM Punk loved to do when he springboarded in around that time. He would, like, come in and he goes, I can fly! <laughs> <laughs> I got fun with it, I suppose. 
Gets a, get, he draws a ten. Because then when Os, when Okada starts doing a similar thing when he's in his cocaine bin period, he starts <laughs> saying Scooby Dooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> Red hair Okada is weird. Okada. <laughs> I wonder if we'll ever see that Okada come back. Um, maybe, maybe he'll do something different. I'd, mm. I'd like to think he's like got the adaptability to him. Mm. Well, we'll have to see. Uh, but it's both men are having to try to adapt to their other opponent's strengths. Uh, Takagi hitting a hard lariat and catches Osprey's boot when he goes for a kick and then does a 360 flip, which was crazy. I mean, you can tell he obviously started off, um, as he says, with gymnastics and with, like, you know, loving Lucha Libre. He is heavily influenced. But what do you by... think of these things where someone's doing an elaborate bump that... You know, it's it's not something. It's one thing to have trademark moves. It's another thing to have trademark bumps. And this goes all the way back to Flair flips and Shawn Michaels going into the corners and three sixty spins off of clotheslines and all that sort of stuff. And Bret Hart not taking the turn when yeah, he's whipped yeah, the yeah, yeah. Turn, hitting it in the front, which he says he now regrets because it's done a lot of damage to his uh, chest cavity. But who knows uh, what damage it would have done to his back? You know. True. The best I mean, he would have done would have never been Irish whipped. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, considering the circumstances, I, I just the, the fact he just slammed his like chest and, into it. And then this is followed by another thing where someone goes for a move where their trait, the opponent's trademark, is to counter that move. I've always had the most egregious example is you can't powerbomb Kidman. But the this one is that some for some reason people always seem to go for vertical suplexes against Osprey, which allows him to turn it into a stunner. Yeah, it's like you shouldn't really do that. Or how everyone throws that really wide sweeping right hand um, during Cena's five yeah, minutes of yeah, dooms. Yeah. Hit that like spinning spin out back suplexy thing. Or um, another one being uh, well, the most egregious one in the indie scene was Trevor Lee. At some point, everyone tries to do a cross body on him, which he turns into a spinning moonsault slam in midair. Because, like, I think I've said this before, Chuck Taylor did a whole gag about, I'm going to hit you with a cross body at least once in this match. And he, <laughs> and he finally does. I, I admire his ambition. Mm. I really, really do. Bless him. Um, but, I'm, I'm not, I, overall, I'm not, I, I think. I'm not overtly opposed to it. It's it's a means to an end for some. It like things like having trademark escapes. I think it ca- could become too contrived, and in some cases, can jump the shark. Mm. Um, but in the moment, it seems fine. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's just like oh, it's just well, like when you're looking it's back. When a reversal surprises you, like during a point later on when they're in the corner. Uh, fighting off who's going to hit the big move in the corner. Takagi wins an exchange of elbows with a headbutt. Osprey follows up with an enziguri, and then he does a springboard to do a Hurricane Rana. But Takagi's able to catch him whilst he's on the top and hit him with a Death Valley driver. Again, his trademark move. It's a very long two count off the yeah, as well. And then it, like another one where uh, Osprey tries to do a springboard and Takagi grabs him and catches him. And that starts off a chain of moves that I genuinely can't remember. All I've got noted because I couldn't keep up with. Exchange of epicness. 
Because, I mean, like I said, it's like a whole new step of, of exchanges in intricacy and speed and, you know, and accuracy because nothing goes wrong. Yeah, I, I've I've gone for a more boring version. I just put counter sequence. Yeah. Because um, I'm what, very matter of I will say this, a brilliant counter that Osprey does uh, coming up is when Takagi hits him with a lariat, but he holds onto the arm and does a 360 around which puts him into position for a powerbomb, uh, which he then hits and gets a long two count off of that as well. I mean, that's just incredible because it's almost logical. It like he's captured the person's arm and has been able to turn it immediately into a move of his own through a visually spectacular movement as well. Like I've never seen anyone do that until Osprey did it. He is so like, his his athletic ability just allows so much invention, and as he becomes more experienced as a wrestler, I think and and stronger as well. Um, who knows what we're going to end up seeing? It's just the question of can he keep up physically? You know, yeah, what was, yeah. Because we get at this point, we see him. Do, he does an Oscar on the apron, and then when they go into slow motion, you see he's taking all of that. On his hips and his ass. Oh, he, he lands right on the corner as well, yeah. sort of. Uh, the, right at the very edge of the ring. I, I, I remember his spine pretty much being yeah. dead in line. Yeah. Because someone was saying there was a debate I saw on Twitter when people were complaining about the bloodiness of the Moxley Omega match. And they pointed out that this stuff that they're doing, they're ultimately superficial cuts. The dining room that yeah. deep. Half of them probably won't require stitches or staples. They're just little cuts in all these sort of deathmatch yeah. things. Whereas it's stuff like that that's far more dangerous to a wrestler's long-term well-being than landing on a few thumbtacks or having oh, yeah. a dollar bill stapled to their head or whatever it is you want to say that's too far for wrestling. Yeah. But because the damage of that is internal and we can't see it... Mm. And we don't necessarily equate the power of landing on our, the the pain of landing on your hips every day and you know multiple times. Yeah, the body's got a far more um, defense, active defense and repair system against a minor cut than it yeah. does a, a, against a spinal realignment. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but people, see, it's the visual thing, isn't yeah. it? People see the yeah, blood, the guts, and. Not, well, if they see the guts, then we have got problems. Yeah. They see, like, gore, and they associate it with, oh, they must be, you know, destroying themselves. And it's all about how you do it. Yeah. Like in a recent episode with the Cody Dustin thing, I mean, yes, there was a lot of blood, but it was blood that was let out in a controlled manner by a man who knew how to do it. Yeah. So whilst yes he, but he like i said my issue like with that is, is it is self-mutilation at the end of it the day. is and this what? is body mutilation in a weird way you know well you're, that's what you're mutilating your spine <laughs> really. to uh tip one off the bingo card that is to what some extent all wrestling is mm. it, but maybe but, it's, maybe it's the appeal to the baser elements of humanity that puts people off with the with the ultra violence you know yeah yeah um, but yeah, so Oscar's on the apron. That sends Takagi to the outside, and he barely gets in at the nineteen count. You got to get that in a ring, in a in a New Japan match. They are their own love, and this is reminiscent of stuff that Omega did. Uh, oh, oh, the Osprey's there with a springboard drop kick right onto uh, Takagi the second he's in the ring. 
got to stay on him. Again, as like I said earlier, he doesn't want to waste time. And then, uh, as Takagi's trying to will himself up, Osprey does a shooting star, essentially, into, I guess, a senton, really. Because he does, like, a full, again, another three... It's like a, a 450 shooting star, I guess. The fact that we're saying these, like, combination of words, he, he, yeah. uh, he is ridiculous. He is ridiculously good. Follows up with a shooting um, star press, that gets a two counts. So yeah, now we're we in the stage big where kickouts. Yeah, because we're in the stage where he is throwing everything, yeah. including the kitchen sink, at Shingo to try and keep him down. Well, he follows this up with the Robinson special and then the Oss cutter. Up until recently, his ultimate finisher that gets two counts. He goes for his final finisher, the Stormbreaker, but Takagi fights off from that. Uh, but Will does manage to scan and get hold of his arm, and then just like. Brutal kicks right to the face and chest. Again, Omega-esque. It seems like he's taken a lot from Omega now with uh, with his uh, some of his moves. Uh, not That's not a criticism. You take from the best. Uh, but Takagi yeah. catches his foot, and instead of doing anything really fancy, he just headbutts him in the, in the chest, though. It's not like a Shibata headbutt. Yeah, I think they've learned from that. Mm. You would hope. Um... But still, it's it's big. It it looks big enough to have like convincingly floored him. Like he he arches back and he goes for it. So this is the drives point. it right into his chest. Yeah. So then there's an exchange forearms. Uh, Takagi hits a right hand that sends Osprey spinning. But then when Takagi turns his back to do his get ready for a clothesline, Osprey hits his brilliant hook kick, which like always looks so good. And he slaps his thigh just at the right time to make it sound really devastating as well. But this is also where Takagi's absorbed all of Osprey's best, essentially. So now Osprey has to survive all of Takagi's best, because Osprey goes for the Stormbreaker, and Takagi's able to turn that into a variant of his Last of the Dragon finisher, which is kind of yeah. like a fireman's carry into a Michinoku driver, I think. And that gets a really long two count. He follows up with a Lariat, and then his Pumping Bomber, which is just basically an incredibly hard Lariat. <laughs> and it works. And that Work gets for another, Stan and that gets another really long two count. So he's hitting with two finishers at that point. So Osprey's kicking out of two finishers here, uh, and then we get a last of the dragon reversed into a. What do we got, Sai? Poison Rana. Reverse Rana, a very dangerous looking one that could have easily broken Takagi's neck. Yeah, yeah, the landing on this one is not great. And Osprey uh, doesn't go for a pin. It's like trying to pin someone off a body slam. What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't oh. drop their head, drop them on their head from a you know. I don't know if it'll ever be possible if, it, if someone does a series of three right in a row. I, I just want to see like the, the the blood melt like just pour from your nose out of sheer anger. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine that you know maintains neck control. <laughs> Admittedly, he's got the them Pfizer steel. Admittedly, the guy doesn't have a neck anymore. Maintains neck control. You should hope so. You've got to brace it in position. Yeah. Uh, I feel like at some point someone in a halo, like a neck halo, is going to take a reverse runner or something. (laughs) It's getting to the point. Then they do the old junkyard dog spot. Never thought I'd see junkyard dog referenced, but they're doing head butts on their knees. Uh, fortunately, relatively controlled headbutts. Takagi hits a clothesline. I love this when he's hitting clothesline. The Nosprey's just like bouncing off the ropes back into him. 
And it's just, he uses them a bit like a speedball because he's just firing them and firing them and firing them. But this is the thing where it's like they're looking for the the chance, the opening. That's essentially what we're at at this point. Osprey yeah. high kicked. Kago follows up with the lariat. Osprey then surprises him with the Spanish fly. They gets a long two count, and then it's just the finishing sequence. Hook kick, hidden blade, the move that he debuted to defeat Kota Ibushi with at um, Wrestle Kingdom. Follows it up with a double jump, well, triple jump, I guess, top rope os cutter into the Stormbreaker. He holds on and hooks him into the Stormbreaker, and at 33 minutes and 36 seconds, because they've got to go over the group stage time limits now, that's the rule. Yeah. Osprey wins and has won his second best of the Super Juniors and handed Takagi his first loss since signing for New Japan. Whew. It was well, epic. it's a good thing. It's a good thing I kind of taught him risk control. Otherwise, he might not have been able to put him away in such a uh, such a manner at the end. There. Wonder what sort of risk control he was using during No Nut November. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! It's got an image of him just like having um one of those big vet cones around his hands. <laughs> you know how CM Punk accidentally shat his pants once after a particular move. Yeah. Could be a very different situation. Ah! Oh. It's a springboard stunner. Mike, what the hell was that? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Red shoes is now white shoes. Ah! Oh. Uh, so, uh, those weren't necessarily five-star gags, but Simon, was this no. a five-star match? Um, not quite for me. It's incredible, uh, in, in, as, where, as far as athleticism goes. Where I, 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 where it, the, the hesitation for me to go all the way into five-star territory just comes from the fact that that, Besides what they, that had sort of been built up before the match, um, the monster at the strength angles played on a bit, and then it's like not, and then it sort of is for like a hot minute at the end. Epic main event match. Yeah, but I, I am going to go five stars. I was really umming and ahhing, and I actually didn't decide on it being five stars until kind of halfway through watching the match that we're covering next. Um, and I just thought they, they made that effort they went out there and they did what was asked of them and they did put on a flawless match for moves and there was a sense of character there was a sense of each one working to their strengths and it's the guy with the agility that wins out over the guy with the power um, it wasn't like it's, if it's a 5 star it's a low ranking 5 star it's not going to be troubling my top 10 list but mm. I, I, I felt I don't know, maybe I felt like I've been too curmudgeonly lately, but I just think that they deserve it kind of for the effort, really. And it, and it seemed like it was they, they were throwing everything out there, reminiscent of the way that Ishii and Goto did in their G1 Climax match. And maybe if this had, they crammed everything in this in like 20 minutes, maybe I wouldn't even question it. It's that, yeah. it's that necessity right now for everything to be so long that maybe would put you off. It's not the size, it's what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's something New Japan needs to learn and everyone needs to learn at the moment because we are getting so many long... It'd be a curious thing, actually, to like look at average match length time year on year on year for each of the five-star matches to see if it's been going up. I mean, obviously, last year, you're factoring in like 
a 64-minute match and the year before that, a 60-minute time limit match. And I don't think there are any of them in 2019, so those would be outliers. Maybe more the median length might be a better indicator. I don't know. Yeah, what, what, um, the, av- what the yearly average is. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's different to median. But, um... Sorry. Yes. But that's where I'm going to stand. But I don't dispute people going for non Like, there was part of me... I think immediately after it, I was going, not quite, but then I just thought, nah, be... You know, it's not some. You're not giving away your flower. It's not a cherished possession. <laughs> it's okay to give matches five stars. You said oats are in this. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not like that town bicycle Dave Meltzer. But you know, I am gonna. <laughs> Big shagger, Dave. I'm a strong, independent person who will give out five stars how he feels like it. But he's not going to hold on to them. I'm not a five star prude, Simon. But. Thanks. If people want to get in touch with you about your prudishness or lack thereof, maybe tell you how you should be behaving in decent society, how can they do so? Uh, they can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Craft Free. Uh, free for the number of the Ten Commandments I have probably broken today that you can tell me about. about. My name's Lorcan Mullen. And virtue shame me. <laughs> My name is Lorcan Mullen. That's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for annual broken hymen checkup. N for keep an aspirin between your knees. <laughs> oh, I didn't think we'd get a TI reference today, but okay. Um, that's my Twitter handle. That's my Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd. If you want to get in touch with me via uh, email, put it at gmail.com at the end of Lorcan Mullen. Get in touch with the show at lmtyspod at gmail.com. Lmtyspod is also our Twitter handle. Simon, the Ospreyathon continues with our next match. What have we got for people for the next one? I think we should avoid using the term uh, anything that ends with the phrase Sprayathon after mm. some of the uh, jokes we've made this episode. But it's like a comedy film post-American Pie. <laughs> but, but what we have got is... Uh, Osprey's reward for winning Best of the Super Junior. We have his title match against Dragon Lee. I think it's like only like four days after. I'm going to just double check the exact days. This was uh, 5th of the 6th, yep. And the next match was the 9th of the 6th. Also, it should be noted that this was the first time that they'd had the Best of the Super Juniors event end with them headlining at the Sumo Hall as opposed to the traditional Karakuan Hall or, or a building of that similar size. Definitely so a great feather in Osprey's yeah, yeah. app in terms of what he wants to do. You know, in, it's Osprey, like, Osprey getting to close a show uh, at the Sumo Hall and in the post-match promo he actually reveals that he will be living in Japan uh, going forward to commit to the company full-time, essentially. Yeah. And, you know, I will not be shocked to see... Osprey, either in the Sumo Hall or the Budokan Hall, holding a G1 Climax trophy to go with his Best of the Super Juniors trophy in the next few years, assuming his body can hold up for that. It'd be nice to have a British winner. But there's nothing left to say at this point except my name's Lorcan Mullen. And my name's Simon Cross. Pip, pip, cheerio, and have a five-star time. Until the next time.